This is Emmanuel God with us, the radio ministry of Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Twin Falls, Idaho. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to our Lord's house this morning as we gather together for worship. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God to all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The appointed psalm for this morning is Psalm 85. Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sin. You withdrew all your wrath. You turned from your hot anger. Restore us again, O God of our salvation, and put away your indignation toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we implore you to hear our prayers and to lighten the darkness of our hearts by your gracious visitation. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Today is the third Sunday in the season of Advent. The Old Testament reading for this morning is written in Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, 
for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flowers fade. But the word of our God will stand forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's epistle is written in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. St. Paul talks about his apostleship and his service to God's people. Paul writes, This is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found trustworthy. But with me it is a very small thing. It is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his condemnation from God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Morning's Gospel reading is written in St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out in the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Having heard the gospel of our Lord, let us speak together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Jesus is alive. Our text this morning is from our gospel reading and 
the 11th chapter of St. Matthew, the third verse, John asks of Jesus, Are you the one who was to come, or should we look for another? These are the words of our text, God's grace and his mercy and his peace. Be multiplied to you now and forever through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. How do you tell children that Zechariah and Elizabeth were really, really old? So old that they couldn't have a baby. Well, maybe you say it this way. Elizabeth and Zechariah were grandparent old. Or maybe even better, great-grandparent old. Children can see how old their grandparents are. They can even see how old their great-grandparents are. So if you told children, imagine your great-grandma having a baby, the skeptical child would say, that can't happen. Nana's too old. The optimistic child would say, wow, neat. <laughs> Great-grandma would say, well, you can fill in the blank. <laughs> so Elizabeth is great-grandma old. And Zechariah is unspeakably old. They are well along in years, and Elizabeth can't have a baby. Not just when she was great-grandma old, but even when she was young. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 1 that she was barren. So you can imagine her surprise and her shock when Zechariah came home with the life-changing news that he couldn't tell her because he couldn't talk. Zechariah was a priest in service to the Lord in his temple. And he was chosen by the casting of a lot to go into the temple of the Lord and to burn incense. And there an angel of the Lord appears to Zechariah and tells old Zechariah that great-grandma old Elizabeth is going to have a baby boy. And not just any boy, but the chosen one to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus the Lord. And after Zechariah gets over the shock and the fear, Zechariah asks the angel the logical question. He says, how? Zechariah doesn't believe the angel. Would you? The angel says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. Well, we all know that the words of the angel Gabriel did come true, didn't they? Zechariah couldn't speak. Elizabeth is pregnant, and she gives birth to a baby boy, and they name him John, not Zechariah. And you know their baby as John the Baptist. Of him, the angel Gabriel tells Zechariah, he will go before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. When John is born, Zechariah can talk. He is filled with the Holy Spirit and Zechariah sings a song 
of praise to God and a song to his son, he sings, And you, my child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God. And the Bible tells us, and the child grew, and John became strong in spirit, and he lived in the desert until he appeared publicly to Israel. And when John the Baptist appeared publicly, he made a huge splash. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And John saw the crowds coming out, remember? To be baptized by him. Among them, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders of Israel. And obviously, John didn't know how to win friends and influence people because he says, you brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee the coming wrath of God? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. A powerful preacher was John. The axe is already at the root of the trees, he said. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down, thrown into the fire, and burned. And the people wondered. They wondered if maybe John the Baptist was the Messiah himself, the Christ, the anointed one. In other words, they wondered if John was their savior, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But John said, no, 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 no. He said, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come. The thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and preached the good news to them. And then came the big moment. Jesus comes to the Jordan to be baptized by John. And when he was baptized, the scriptures tell us heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him bodily like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. You know, in the early church, they used to say, if you want to see the Trinity, go to the Jordan. Go to the Jordan River. Because there you see Jesus in the water, the Spirit descending, and the Father speaking. Or triune God. Three distinct persons. One divine being. There at the Jordan. So who is John the Baptist? Well, we know from the prophecies of the Old Testament, he is a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. John is the one who comes to prepare the way for Jesus. Who is John? He is a servant of Christ. A servant of Christ who first objects to baptizing Jesus. He should be baptized by Jesus. But then he consents. He baptizes at Jesus' command when Jesus says, Let it be so for now, John. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Who is John? He was entrusted with the mysteries of God, the mystery that the word of God was becoming flesh and that God himself would dwell among us. John prepared the way for Jesus by calling people to repent of their sin and to be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. And he announced the coming of the Savior, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
John was a faithful servant of Jesus, and he is praised by Jesus. More than a year after the baptism of Jesus, Jesus is speaking about John, and listen to what Jesus says about John the Baptist. He says, what did you go out in the desert to see? A prophet? Yes, and I tell you more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare the way before you. I tell you the truth. Among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. But now in our text, John is in prison. And he's been there a long time. Why? Well, He's in jail because he called out the king for his sin. You see, the king stole his brother's wife and made her his own wife, married her. And John said, you can't do that. You can't do that. And so King Herod has John put in prison. And there he languishes in prison day after day for at least up to a year or more. And one day, John decides to send his disciples to Jesus with a question. He wants to know from Jesus, are you the one who is to come? In other words, are you the Messiah? Are you the Savior? Or should we look for another? What in the world is going on? Why is John now questioning who Jesus is? Is John now in prison having a a crisis of faith? A few say yes. Many, many say no. Those who say no do so because they, they can't see how John the Baptist could have a crisis of faith. I mean, he is the one who was set apart, set apart to be the forerunner of Jesus. He's the one who leapt inside of his mother's womb when Mary shows up with Jesus inside of her womb. How could John doubt Jesus? And so they say that John is sending his disciples to Jesus so that Jesus can reveal himself to John's disciples that they might put their trust in Jesus and follow after him. And certainly that explanation can make sense. And in the early church, only Tertullian, the church father, disagrees with this view that it is not a crisis of faith for John, but rather he is sending his disciples to Jesus that they might believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior. But could it just be that really in this text, John is having a crisis of faith? Now, I'm not saying John has lost faith. But what John preached and what John hears and sees doesn't match up. Remember, he preached that the messianic age is here. He said, the axe is at the tree. You brood of vipers who warned you to flee the coming wrath of God. The fires of judgment are burning. It's time for evil to be conquered and holiness to reign. But that's not what John sees. He continues to languish in prison day after day. And the judgment tarries. Evil is strong. And evil still holds the day. The wicked are prospering. Herod has thrown him in jail and nothing has happened for, for Herod's sin. And in the words of Psalm 73, listen. The psalmist complains. The wicked have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. Ever notice that? The meanest people live the longest lives. 
It seems, doesn't it? They are free from the burdens common to man. They are not plagued by human ills. They are always carefree and increase in wealth. Don't we see this in the world? Don't we say this? And what about the righteous? Well, it seems like there is only suffering for them. The psalmist catches that too in Psalm 73. He says, Surely in vain have I kept my heart pure. In vain have I washed my hands in innocence. All the day long, I have been plagued. I have been punished every morning. In other words, what good is it? What good is it to believe in God? Have you ever said that? I have. Could this be what John is experiencing in prison? The struggle between two realities. On the one hand, the reign of God has broken into the world with the birth of Jesus. As Jesus carries out his ministry, truly the kingdom of God is near. Repent, believe on the Lord Jesus. But on the other hand, the power of evil remains strong. The wicked continue to prosper. How can this be? John is still in prison. More than a year. Is he beginning, is he beginning to question who Jesus is? Is John struggling? Is that, is that what's going on in our text? You've been there, haven't you? Things are going well. When that's happening, it's, well, it's easy to believe in Jesus, isn't it? And then things turn upside down. It all goes south. Not at all what you expected. And now you are bearing the cross. Now you are suffering. Now you've lost a loved one, lost your job, lost your health, lost your retirement. Or worse, the wicked get promoted ahead of you. The righteous get fired. The the wicked live long and prosper, and the good die young. And you question God, his goodness, his mercy, his love, his forgiveness, his promises, his reign. Are they true? And you have a, a crisis of faith. Is Jesus in charge? Is Jesus really who he says he is? I wonder, is this where John is? I think we can entertain that thought. Let's run with that for a minute. Let's say John the Baptist is struggling with faith because the, the grammar of this text is really quite clear. John is the asker of the question. And when Jesus responds, he responds specifically to John. John asks, are you the one who is to come? Or should we look for another? And how does Jesus answer John's question? That's the key. Listen to what Jesus says to John's disciples. Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. Where does Jesus point John in this crisis of faith? He points John to God's word. He points John to Jesus' actions, Jesus' teachings, Jesus' miracles. Both Jesus' miracles and his teachings are the things that verify that Jesus is the one who was to come. Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior of the world. The kingdom of God has come. It has broken into this world in Jesus, in his person and in his work. And evil is conquered. Evil is conquered by Jesus. Every time he heals someone, 
Every time he makes the deaf to hear, the, the lame to walk, the mute to speak, he raises the dead. Every time Jesus does that, the kingdom of God is breaking into this world powerfully. The new age, the age of the Messiah is coming. Evil is conquered in Christ now, but not yet fully. That is to come on the day of Jesus' return. So why is this text important for you and me today? Well, I think there is hope for us in this exchange between Jesus and John. If we are having a crisis of faith, where do we go? Where do we turn for help? We look to Jesus and only to Jesus. No one else, nothing else, just Jesus. And first, we dive into Jesus' word and his teaching. You see, his word is life-giving His word is soul-sustaining for you and me. Listen to the things Jesus says to you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I am with you always. I am the resurrection and the life. I forgive you. I am preparing a place for you. I will bless you and I will keep you. You meet Jesus in his word. And this is where Jesus strengthens you, in his word. This is where Jesus strengthens you during a crisis in faith. And second, look at Jesus. Look at his miracles. Look at his deeds. Look what he did. Only the Lord of life can do the things that Jesus does. Healing people, undoing disabilities, casting out demons, raising the dead, dying on the cross, carrying all of your sins and mine in his body on that cursed tree, rising from the dead, promising to return. All of these are the signs that the age of salvation is here. And only Jesus can do the things that he does Because Jesus is God. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior of the world. There is no one else, no one else like Jesus. And if you look at his strength, at his actions and his deeds and all that he did, those things strengthen you and me in a crisis of faith. They point you and me to Jesus and say, he is the one to come. Don't look for another. He is the one who can help you. He is the one who will never desert you. If John is having a crisis of faith, Jesus saves and strengthens John. And he does it for a good reason, doesn't he? Because what's about to happen to John? He's about to be killed, right? Remember, Herod promises up to half of his kingdom to his wicked stepdaughter at a party one night. And what does she ask for? She asks for the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And Herod does it, and wickedness wins again. But blessed in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. God gets the last word. John dies believing firmly in Jesus, who is the one who was to come. The son of the living God, the Christ, the savior of the world. And by believing, John has life in Jesus' name And the kingdom of God reigns over all and rules over all. And so in a crisis of faith, return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love for you. Abounding in steadfast love for you. And he will love you. He will love you all the way to gray hairs. He will love you even when you are unspeakably old like Zechariah. 
He will love you even when you are great grandma old like Elizabeth. Nothing in all of creation can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord unto life everlasting. Amen. We sing together the song, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Amen. Jesus, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Almighty God, grant to your church your Holy Spirit and the wisdom that comes down from above, that your word may not be bound but have free course and be preached to the joy and edifying of Christ's holy people, that in steadfast faith we may serve you and in the confession of your name abide unto the end through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Oh